As I walked down to Chatham Street, a fair maid did me. She asked me to see her home. She lived in Bleecker Street. To me, way, yes, Andy, my dear Andy. Oh, you New Yorkers, kind she dance the polka? To me, way, yes, Andy. You're listening to the podcast, I'm Matthew Clark. I want to introduce first guest, Mr. Michael Tingle. How are you, sir? Hello there. Good I was, to see you, buddy. It's good to see you, too. I was just saying to Mike, we talk, we talk a lot online uh, about movies and stuff like that, but I haven't seen Mike probably 15, 20 years back when I lived in old Pennsylvania. So it's, uh, it's great to see you, man, and finally catch up. Yeah, Bucks County represent. Bucks County represent. Uh, <laughs> we, we were just talking about films and movies and things like that because michael do you go by michael michael or mike either way king mike, ting. michael ting ting uh you know you've seen i've seen every movie ever made i think there's like silent era films that they lost that somehow you've still seen <laughs> yeah i've um you know it's funny i grew up right driving with my parents hanging out with my parents you know, so as I was growing up listening to, you know, Guns N' Roses and Bon Jovi into like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Nirvana and all that stuff, I was also listening to what I was being forced to listen to or watch, you know? Yeah. And I never understood how people my age didn't have a basis of, you know, like the Supremes or the Four Tops or Marlon Miranda. Because it was like, what were you watching? Like, what? Obviously, their parents didn't make them watch this stuff, right? Right, yeah. So, hold, a lot of it holds the test of time. But uh, it's funny. Um, for Christmas, my, my parents always do this, uh, like a themed night with me and my two siblings and, and the rest of the family, my wife, my nice brother's wife and all. And this year, it was 100 years, 100 movies. And they turn it into a game and stuff. And of course, you know, I know mostly everything. Because I know everything, and it just yeah, annoys. Like the, you're like the expert on it, right? And it just annoys my siblings. And I just look at them. I said, "Like I've been telling you guys for decades to watch Turner Classic movies. You don't. So when you don't know something from 1947, don't look at me." <laughs> you know, it's funny too because I feel like a lot of that's so important, not only with movies but music as well. Um, you know, there's so many great flicks out there that are older people probably wouldn't watch because or a lot of people wouldn't watch because they're like oh it's from like the 40s or something but i mean honestly some like one of my favorite movies i have a poster over here is it happened one night i think it was made in 1932 oh yeah the classic it's a funny movie it, it still holds up almost 100 years later i mean if you look at movies like star wars and stuff people will still be watching that in 100 years like it's important to to visit these older films and you know keep them alive and it's funny you know because you get the the black and white. Well, I'm not watching that. It's, it's in black and white. It's like just because it's in black and white doesn't mean it can't be risque or it can't be meaningful or still pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's funny looking back and it happened one night because we just look at it as you know, eh, it's an old movie, Clark Gable and all. But you know, this is a movie that got a lot of heat. In 1933 or 34, whenever it came out. Oh, yeah. Or Claudette Colbert pulling up her skirt to get the ride. Yeah, that know? was like going topless back then. That's like a big right. deal. 
And and now you look at it, it's like, huh, that it made waves. It made waves because because of the censors and stuff at the time, and it 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 was meaningful, and it's it still is, you know. Yeah. Not to mention is that the the two leads are are so dynamic in that film. So it's just fun. It's just fun cinema. Oh yeah, it is. It is good cinema, and the, yeah, the chemistry between uh, Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable, it's it's timeless, you know. And a lot of those yeah. movies, like the screwball comedies, like Philadelphia Story. And a lot of the Catherine Hepburn one back in the day. I mean, they're still really funny. Like the humor holds up, you know? Oh, absolutely. Sometimes indirectly too, like uh, a Christmas Carol, you know, there's been 800 versions of it. Um, I think we agree Scrooge, or I guess the official is a Christmas Carol, but they call it that. Alistair Sims, still the best one. Oh yeah. That's a class. There's no argument, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. Um, Around here in uh, Chalfont, they have that Buyer's Choice Museum, and Charles Dickens is like, oh, yeah. I think it's his great great grandson or nephew or some shit. Um, he does like a one man performance of it, um, like for a couple of days a year. Uh, he took a couple of years off because of the COVID thing, right. um, but I finally got a chance to see it this year, and he did like a questionnaire at the end. And basically said that he oh, takes wow. something from he watches every one, yeah. Um, and, or, and if he's made known of another one, he'll add it to his list to watch, and then he tries to factor in something from everything into his uh, performance. Oh, well, that's amazing! That's incredible, right? Yeah. So he was, to, you know, everything from the Alistair Sim version um, to even like he was talking about the Muppets. Oh, nice. And, yeah, so that's cool. There, there's yeah, there's literally really like cool. fifty versions of it on film or in TV. It's insane. Jim Carrey did the one uh, for Disney, I think it was a few years back. Yeah, which still scares my daughter. <laughs> I think that's the scariest one. Um, I don't think it it's the scary. best one, but it's scary. Yeah, it does have some some visuals that are like whoa. Yeah, what's cool about that one is it's faithful to the book. I mean, they all they all are to a degree. But that mm-hmm. one threw in a lot of stuff that a lot of the other ones overlook. You know, it just like didn't fit um, for time or whatever. Uh, right. But they added that in there. There's one from 1938. It has Reginald Owen in it. And yes, I watched it as a kid. I went to Unami Middle School and they like played this for us in eighth grade. And there's one scene. It's hilarious, but it's not supposed to be talking about like old films. And they bring Cratchit. They bring like a goose home. And uh, Tiny Tim starts stroking the goose's neck. And he goes, oh, father, look at the goose. Can I stroke it more? Can I stroke it, father? Look at me, stroke it. And all the kids are dying. And even some of the teachers are like, what the fuck are we watching? And I was like, give it a chance. <laughs> give it a chance. Like, I was still like, it's still, it's a great story. Because I was like a big fan as a kid, you know, of the right. Disney one. So um, I was like, give it a chance. But it's funny when you look at those old movies. They're, they're all great, though. I want to ask you, are you... What's your policy on silent films? Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin. Do you ever stick your pinky toe into those guys? I, uh, yeah. I, I'm in, and especially like now I'm, I'm back to working nights um, or early mornings, whatever you want to call them. Oh, yeah. Um, so I always wake up and I need that hour before I go in to just kind of like veg. Yes. And sometimes I'll, I'll veg so much I pass back out. But, right. you know, <laughs> right. um, you need it though. Usually I'll just pop on Turner Classic Movies for like 40 minutes, check out what's going on. Um, nice. And uh, a lot of times they are like silent films. 
I don't mind silent films or even um, back in the day, I went on a, a big like foreign film kick. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, some of the stories that, that they have are, out, out, are, you know, pretty, pretty edgy, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know any off the top of my head to say, you know, go watch this. But I just remember like watching them at the time I was like enthralled. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of them are great. And they, they, they do. They really, you know, film out, think outside of the box while filming. And they push the envelope a lot with uh, some of them. And, they're, and a lot of them are great films, you know, people. I think yeah. that's another thing people should maybe look into more uh, as opposed, you know, in addition to just older films, like look at some of the foreign ones, like Cinema Paradiso is one of my favorite films ever. It's an Italian oh, yeah. film, you know, it, but it's it's timeless. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautifully shot. Um, Speaking of silent films, another one of my favorite films that they parody the silent film perfectly is Singing in the Rain. Oh, yeah. I'm singing in the rain. <laughs> uh, which year was was that? Fifties, uh, fifty-four. Uh, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a good flick. Uh, they, yeah. th- they were made differently too. If you look at the films, then they were all practical effects. If they weren't, you know, fifties, they started dabbling in like some animation stuff. But uh, you know, as far as like Ten Commandments and things like that, but they were. For the for the all intents and purposes, they were practical effects. They were real sets back then. There's no CGI. So right. when you look at some of those films, you're like, how did they? I mean, these were they were really, you know, 2,500 extras on this lot this day, dressed like this. Like it's incredible the work they put into that. Right, and 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 you know, it, the digital and like the 4K and all hasn't really helped some of these films. No, um, it hasn't matched up. Like if you watch something like from like 39 or 40 like a wizard of oz or like a snow white and the seven dwarfs you can actually see like the paneling because you know like there's a scene in snow white and the seven dwarfs where the evil queen's like walking down to her lair and you know the lair um of the the castle is is set basically and you just see like her on like a placard like you can see the out really yeah which i guess before 4k you you would noticed but now it kind of sticks out or like how badly in uh, the wizard of Oz, how bad some of them, the makeup actually was. Oh yeah. 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 I started Uh, watching snow white the other, the other night. It got too late. I had to turn it off, but I'm going to look out for that because I noticed I watch a lot of, you know, the Disney plus I keep all those old classics alive. And I know you and I both like Robin hood, you know, close your eyeballs. Sandman's coming. Uh, but 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 I watched that on uh, I don't know if it was 4K but it was HD on our, our big TV and um, right. you can see the the lines because I think they used a lot of Xeroxing then um, it was either that or 101 Dalmatians I watched both but you could you could see the lines like they were more you know visual than I remember you can see like where they drew and on the on the flip side. Um... You know, it's gotten so good. I don't know if you've seen the the Get Back special yet. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it looks so good, but they've also doctored that up. <coughs> right. They also doctored it up, like, even, like, John and Paul's faces and stuff. So it's so clear, but at some points, you can kind of see that, you know, it's just like an airbrushing of, like, a, a magazine photo or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and 
Get Back's amazing too. Um, the fact that that exists, like I'm a, I'm a Beatle maniac. I think I own yeah. every, everything they've done, even like old VHS tapes and things like that. The fact that that much footage existed and was never seen, like I couldn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? That it like was just out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just this big godsend. The Peter Jackson was like, man, how did I get my hand on this? Right. It's incredible. Out to us. I can't wait for the 18 hour long version or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. They're, they're doing like a, a they're do, releasing more, aren't they? Yeah. The, Peter Jackson has like an 18 hour long, like super uncut version. Oh, yeah. Because he wanted to release everything. He didn't want it to go back into like the vault or whatever they, you know, whatever happens with that, which is you need to do. You need to give us what we want, Ting. The world needs it. Absolutely. Um, we mentioned, we talked about White Christmas. I think we're both a fan of this. Absolutely. Boy, girl, boy, girl. Boy, girl. <laughs> snow, <laughs> snow, snow. No. Snow. Um, and I've always, I, I love White Christmas. I watch it every year. I think I kicked off because, you know, right after Thanksgiving, I'll start watching a Christmas movie every night or a show it might not be a full movie it might be like the peanuts one but every right night I'll, I'll watch something and i think i kicked it off with white christmas and i was talking to you online about this and you brought something to mind that i never put together but that was the timeline of events during white christmas yeah like the the, the it's ridiculous i mean i never put thought about that but explain oh, that. it's crazy like what's the what's the deal with thanksgiving and like what's happening yeah, I mean, they get to that train station, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas are four or five weeks apart, depending on the year. Yeah. And the train conductor guy says, we haven't had snow since Thanksgiving, 68 yesterday. It makes it seem like Thanksgiving was at least a week or two away, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, I was thinking. So now they're going to Vermont. They're in Vermont. You know, they see that their, their friend needs help. And I love to. They start off with just, it's going to be the old Wallace and Davis. And what, we could do our old nightclub act. And, and it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And the next right. thing you know, he's on the phone calling all the people that he gave off. You know, hey, call everyone. I know we just gave our whole, you know, um, our whole productions. Um, the whole crew got off, off for the holidays. For the holidays. Call them back. Bring them on to Vermont. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they'll get paid and stuff. But. Uh, but I mean, they do. They get everyone there, and I guess a day or two yeah. for this show that I guess is going to be on Christmas Eve. But Christmas Eve can't be more than a week or two away. Has to be. And in that time, they set up. I mean, you, you watch them setting up sets and shit. So it, it's definitely taking at least a week to set up, plus the rehearsals. And then I love, <laughs> you know, she, Betty, right? Rosemary Clooney. Right. Uh, you know, gets the misinformation about Bing um, and then heads to New York, gets a job that day, <laughs> is it's so works ridiculous. through enough numbers, I guess, to where she's right before she's going on stage to say, hey, let's do another number. And not to and mention then, it's a sold out crowd or at least, I mean, people, they're yeah. already dressed up in tuxes waiting to see her that day. So it's, it's unreal. And then, so, but after Betty gets there, Bing leaves and then goes to New York to do the radio show, but he has time to stop. By the way, we're listeners or viewers, if you're not familiar with the movie, you should watch it. But yeah. uh, there, it's Vermont and New York. So they must have 
they didn't fly. So this train must have been a bullet train to get there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, that w- you're not even thinking about either that she just gets because now a, a trip from Vermont to New York. I mean, I made a trip from Maine to New York last year. A um, couple hours. On a train? A, on, on a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but now you're talking the, the 1950s to get to Vermont. She boards the train in the morning, afternoon. I don't know. I mean, I guess she would she would have been there. She, I mean, it's possible she got there but, uh, quickly. But when Bing left... Remember, he's like packing and they're talking like it's clearly already after the morning hours. People are like dressed and they obviously ate. He makes it there, attends her show, but still has time to get to his <laughs> yeah. event on the I, I forget who it was. It was supposed to be like an Ed Sullivan kind of guy. Right. Which we now know that a lot of the unless it's done live, like if, you, if you're on a Conan or a Jay Leno or something like that, it's actually taped at five or six in the afternoon. Right. True. Right. So. Yeah. To be aired at eleven thirty, so we can just assume, assuming that Ed Harrison was live, it was nine or ten o'clock, which means she went on before nine or ten o'clock. Yeah, and then right. he darted over to the studio, which even eight o'clock might have been an early, early time to, for a club singer to start. I'm not. I don't have a lot of information on that. I think it's I'm early. Also, I think it's a little early. Yeah. I'm also pretty amazed that she comes back for the "Gee, I wish I was back in the army" number, and she knows it. Not only does she know it, she just hops on. She just hops on stage. (laughs) And also, uh, yeah, it's just yeah, she hops on stage, and then he gets back. Um, By the way, this is—I'm not knocking the movie. None of us are, but the timeline's amazing if you think about how ridiculous it is. Um, So while Bing is on stage at the the Ed Sullivan guy show he asks all the uh you know the men in the infantry that were in his unit to also abandon their plans on christmas eve and get your ass up to vermont for the soldier you know all right which for the general a lot of them do it's pretty impressive it's impressive they do the timeline's (laughs) amazing they just fly up there um but but the crew thing is hilarious because if you're working in production and you, you usually get off usually hollywood the industry shuts down in December for that reason. Right. But so to recall everyone, even if it's they're, du- they're paying them double, is like ridiculous to have everyone get there and set it up that quickly. Um, and the my only criticism of White Christmas is some of the numbers that Danny Kay does don't really fit the pacing of the movie, like the minstrel number, you know, like yeah. they're all done. They just they seem out of place for a Christmas movie. I love the minstrel, the 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 minstrel number. I guess because yeah. it's such a big ordeal, and you get yeah. you know, Vera Allen was such a great dancer; it's fun to watch and all. But the They're one great. I can't get behind was the choreography number. It just—it's so out of whack. That's what I'm thinking of the choreography. It's choreography. Yeah. The theater. The theater. Yeah. <laughs> What's happened to the theater? To the theater. <laughs> that not the mention number. The choreography one is what I'm thinking of. It's just and, yeah, it's out of whack. And um, you know, obviously, it's nothing against Danny Kay, who I love dearly. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a it's just a weird song and a weird time. And I, I feel like Irvin Berlin just kind of had it and was like, "Let's throw it in there." Right, right. I got to get this off my list. Just throw it in this movie so we can be done with it. Uh, there we go. Sorry, I thought I lost you. 
Yeah, I think Irving Berlin just needed to crowbar that in somewhere. Like, just just get rid of it, you know, put it in there. Yeah. Um, t- but th- don't you get goosebumps when you watch it, though? And and the general comes out and they're like, Ten Hut! And, and he's there and like, he's overfilled with emotions. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a scene, man. That's a scene. Yeah. It gets you. It actually, that's one of those, there's, there's so many films that make you feel a certain way about, you know, war and the war. Um, and that's one that makes you feel pretty good. I mean, the, these guys, you know, Phil and, and Bob, you know, they were army buddies and one saved the other's life and they built a friendship out of it. Yeah. And not only that, they happened to meet the guy that they served under, you know, about 10 years later or so. And, uh, they help them out. They form another bond and, uh, you know, it was really kind of nice to see that the war was over. They got on and they got on kind of like together. It's, it's it was touching. nice. And it's timeless too. And not, not to mention white Christmas, the song, which oh, yeah. this is the second movie he sang that in first is holiday in. Um, but the, the, the one liners too, in the movie are hilarious. It's, I mean, it's so funny with a good looking kid, yeah. you know, when they're looking, he always was a good looking kid with the, with his, <laughs> the, the other guy in the army's, uh, you know, he wasn't like face Haynes, the dog face boy. <laughs> My sister, she's uh she's a slow mover. Oh, she's in there with the champ, you know. It's just and and the, the musical numbers, you know, the sister, sister when they're dressed in drag, like it's, it's oh yeah, funny, you know, it's timeless. But that is a great flick. And uh have you yeah, seen Holiday I, Inn? I love Holiday. It's a classic. But it's it's dated and yeah. uh, you know it's uh it has some scenes that you know don't go over so well nowadays. Abraham. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't age well, that scene. But no. It's a great movie. But uh but the music's there. I mean you love seeing Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby together. You know, they're just two dynamic actors or performers, I should say. Oh, um yeah. and uh at the height of their their power. It was, it, it's, it's a great, that's one of my early Christmas films. I kind of, yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I segue my, my, my Christmas films at, from early to later in the season. Oh, that's a good except, idea. Yeah. Except for the Lacey Chabert movies. I can watch them whenever. Yeah. The yeah. time you can put them on whenever you want. Yeah. The Hallmark, uh, any, anything with Candace Cameron Bure we're in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always watch, uh, you know, there's always there's like ten Christmas movies I'll watch every year, and then, and then I'll branch out. And, but two of them are always Home Alone and Home Alone Two, which are the exact same movie. Just you know, yeah. like the the Bird Man or the Pigeon Lady. The Bird Lady is the old guy in the first one. And uh, but I watched them again this year, obviously, and uh, watch I watched them back to back, which I usually don't do. I usually like save one for later. But it's amazing how much more violent Home Alone Two got. You know, from the first, it one. really did. It's brutal to watch. Yeah, the bricks being thrown from a twelve-story building and you would kill you uh, at best. But uh, and, it's and, ruthless. And the funny thing is that here's these two knucklehead um, criminals, right? I yeah. mean, once he throws that brick through the window, they got the money. All they got to do is run away. But they get so <laughs> vengeful, right? They get so vengeful that, that they have to kill this 10-year-old kid that they risk everything and go 
you know, yes. On this- like all they have to do, like they're not wanted in New York. Nobody knows them, and an alarm sound. All they have to do is run. Right, they got the they're money. Get, yeah, I tell out of there. Like this fucking little twerp, you know. Hey, ego is a strange thing, man. <laughs> I'll throw down the money, and we'll be on our. Throw down the picture, and we'll be on our way. And and the thing that's funny is he just, you know, Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin took a picture of them, and they're just trying to get it back, but they're they're escape fugitives anyway. So right. even if they never got the picture, they 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 can't, you know, it's not like they can just go ahead and walk around and start living the dream again. They have to stay in hiding. So a picture of one more crime doesn't matter. They're already facing, you know, decades more for breaking out. Yeah. So I it's just funny that they they chose not to just run. Plus, I mean it's it's Christmas, you know. No right. like not to say that the police would be lax, but they probably would be. If yeah. there's one day where you could probably get from New York to say Vancouver or Mont- Montreal or something, Christmas is the day. Christmas might be the day. We're visiting people from out of town. That's why we're my, on the road so late. My home alone thing, which my family was like going nuts about me. They, you know, they came down on me for being nuts on this, but then yeah. somebody else mentioned it online and they were like, Oh look, somebody's on your theory. Um, in home alone one, 12 pizzas, 12 bucks, which is fine. Right. 12 pizzas, 12 bucks makes it sound like they're all the same pizza because obviously toppings add money. Yeah. Right? Right. But also, there's 12 pizzas for 15 people, half, most of which are kids. So everyone's basically getting their own pie. We know Kevin doesn't eat any of it. Right. Not to mention all the cheese is gone. Anyone that's ever put on a party especially a party with pizza. Yeah. Just to be on the safe side, 70% of that pizza is going to be plain. Right. Right. Of course. How do they run out of cheese so damn quick? Within minutes. Within minutes. That I never thought about that, but the, the little Nero's pizza, you know, you know, 12 pizzas, uh, 120 bucks. Um, They, that's a lot of pizza. That's a lot of pizza for 15 people. Yep. Really? And and uh, I mean, I it guess, should have been like six pizzas, right? I think six would be safe. Yeah. And and the and the cheese, you're absolutely right. I agree with that. Th- people don't agree with that theory? Because that's a that's a solid theory. Uh, pe- you know, when you have genius theories, people always think you're nuts. <laughs> I love it. and I love the cop, Joe Pesci, or the you know, dressed as yeah, the yeah. cop. Um I always thought it was funny that he's just standing there, like are your parents home this parent. There's a lot of adults walking around. There's people. If there is a police officer in your home, you will stop and get a parent. The fact that they're just like waltzing around them, you, that just never would happen. Not in the 90s. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, a, there's armed law enforcement in your home. Wouldn't you, there'd be a little bit more of a sense of alarm for people? And I, you got to think they've been living there most of the kids' lives, right? I would think this so. The first, the first year the cop has come in and said, hey, we just want to make sure the neighborhood's safe. I mean, I would be calling my local enforcement more, you know, district. Oh, like, yes. hey, I got, I got one of your guys here. What's going on? You guys have never done this before. Right. It's just check out. And but obviously, then again, we are talking about a bunch of parents that left an eight-year-old across the country. So Right. They're terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to know what the dad does to have this income to send, bring 15 people to France. And why, why, why go to why go to okay France Paris beautiful Christmas I get it 
But then Miami, I mean, if you figure, if you went through the ordeal, I, I always believe Christmas is best that stayed at the home, especially if you have a house like that. I, Beautiful I tree. Agree. Why, why are we going to Miami? And a year after we went to Paris, especially after we, what we've been through, and right. why would you stay in that kind of motel if you have that kind of money? Like, what, what's the draw of going to Florida for Christmas? If you live in that, the, the McAllister home is the quintessential Christmas house. It's even decorated green and red. What do you yeah. want to spend there for the holidays? I don't get it. It's like the quintessential home. I want to oh, be yeah. there for Christmas, 4th of July. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. And obviously, you have to do this for the plot of the movie. You can't just yeah. have it practical. But I, it's funny that in the, in the first one, they send the cop to the house to check on him. And after two rings, he's like, he's not here. That's it. Case closed. And Kevin can use a telephone. You know, you figured he called the pizza. He called the police at the end. You figured right. he called the cops during this whole thing. But I, I, I get it. You need it because yeah, shenanigans. Got a movie, right. Right. But it is funny if you dissect it a little bit. It's, it's funny that you mentioned the, the dad's earnings, though, because it kind of leads into a different Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. There's another one of my Otis. favorites. Oh, yeah. But I don't. One thing about the movie I never understood was that Clark clearly is a pretty successful dude. Yeah. He's got this awesome house outside of Chicago. He's got this job. 15 stories up right in downtown. I mean, he's clearly making six figures, maybe close to seven. I mean, yeah, he's developing a chemical that coats cereal so the milk doesn't sog it up. Like yeah, the dude's, it's a big deal. It's pretty good. Yeah, his parents, his in-laws hate him. Yeah, his why is that? I, I mean, I guess, like you said, movie's got a movie, right? Right. But, <laughs> but it doesn't add up. You know, their daughter has had nothing but lap of luxury for years two great kids and they just look at clark like he's a bumbling idiot but yeah, it's fine get it. it's funny right it just you know doesn't make any sense but for comedies you kind of shut off the whole it doesn't make sense thing you are yeah you know like south park's allowed to say and do whatever it wants but if you got you know lines yeah but if breaking bad or something like that came out and was was off, off you you kind of look at it like yeah yeah exactly the what's funny too about christmas vacation is the the bonus it's pivoted on the bonus to put in the pool you figure a pool is twenty five thousand thirty thousand dollars so that's a that's a pretty good sized bonus so that puts into perspective the kind of money he was making anyway you know if right it's that, that big so it, it just adds to your point like why is this guy such a piece of shit to the in-laws like yeah it's <laughs> a pretty good life you know but I mean, it, it's funny. But at the same time, like if if my girls brought home a Clark, I think I'd be all right with it. Yeah, you bring home a Clark, I'm, it's it's a pretty good deal. So he's a bumbling idiot sometimes. Who cares? So am I. He's got a good heart, aren't we all? You know, right? He's got a good heart. <laughs> uh, and and I like that the Griswold house and you know all, and any of the John Humes John Hughes's universe are all in Chicago area. It kind of adds to that christmasy kind of feel you know what i mean which is great mm -hmm. or holiday feel if you're counting planes trains and automobiles um, let me ask you can I, i'm gonna ask you something because sure i was listening to one of your earlier episodes okay um where you guys went back on films from about eight years ago um, okay to see right. still stood up um 
Uh-oh. Are you okay? Let's go back to the last five years. Like, how do you feel about the current state of like film? Are you are you still impressed with it? Or are you doing... no? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel the same. I'm not no. rarely ever hit with anything that I'm like, wow, that was awesome. No, yeah, I think we're actually going to stop the. Do they still hold up? Because there 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 always be movies. There always be great movies, but they're few and far between. And uh, everything is uh, a big, giant superhero movie now, which is awesome. They're, they're very well done. I'm not knocking them at all, but right. um, it leaves little left for people. Like the movie Lincoln that Spielberg did almost became, he even said it almost became an HBO movie just because that market for these kind of ambitious epics and things like that is gone. And, right. you know, with the streaming services and everything, it's it's gotten diluted. So, I don't think the state of cinema is as good as it was even 10 years ago. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and, and it hurts me to say, because I, I still, whereas I don't give modern music the same credence that I do for the older stuff. Yeah. Just cause I'm kind of a, an old curmudgeon in that regard. Oh, me too. I, My music stopped in 2012. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually listen to some country music now. Yeah. Oh, um, good. Yeah, but uh, my the last like rock band that really struck me was like the White Stripes, and they were like yeah three now, right? Yeah. So I'm with um, you, man. I think I was like the Strokes and like the yeah. Vines, like that era. That, yeah, that era. Yeah, Strokes, Vines, White Stripes. I think uh, the Killers and all came out around that time. Yep, Killers. Um, now it's 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 not the same, and unfortunately for film, it's not the same. But I feel like it yeah. could be. Um, and, and like everyone, there's always good TV out there now, but TV to me is, I'd still rather watch a film. Right. You know, um, I would, so, too. but I, I think social media, everything yeah. it's people's attention spans are so out there right now, but, um, I'm just, I'm waiting to be wow. Like I did see, you mentioned the superhero stuff. Um, I loved Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, it was great. Um, it's good. Well, like you say, it's a, it's a superhero movie. I want, you know, I want something. I want, want something Bull. more. Yeah, I want Raging Bull or Goodfellas or... Yeah, yeah, you, you want know, these the French, timeless kind of yeah. gritty like movies. The, the French Connection or something, like something oh, with yeah. some balls to it, you know? Well, also, too, with the social media, I was going to say the same thing is it dilutes the brand, I think, where the attention spans are so, so short. Um, it kind of it, it, people's attention isn't there. And with the superhero stuff, um, there's too many of them. And it, that you don't really respect the genre when there's another one coming out every year. And I know there will always be an audience and it is a money game and that's why they make them. But um, if you look at like the Academy Awards, they they're it's become more of like a Hollywood club of just like movies that are saying something political or something, you know, some kind of subplot that that mirrors something else where between nineteen whenever to mid two thousands, movies that were nominated for Best Picture and Best Actor were movies that people went to in droves, like Forrest Gump and Braveheart and you know, things like that. Um right. where I don't know anyone that's rewatching the King's speech again. You know, things like that. <laughs> no. I rewatched it. I actually like the movie, but I mean, it, they're different. Yeah. It's the whole dichotomy has changed is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It, 
That's funny. Yeah, I mean, going back to that era, I I think it kind of started with movies like that. Like, I for one enjoyed Shakespeare in Love. Um, yeah, I enjoyed and, Shakespeare in Love, and it got a lot of shit because it beat out Saving Private Ryan. Right. Uh, eh. And Saving Private Ryan was a well shot film. I don't yeah. know if it was best picture of that year, but starting from there, things yeah. changed. And right. um, I know we mention often um, Gangs in New York. Um, Gangs in New York, I feel. Classic. Classic. Lost its best picture because it didn't live up to its own hype. Yes, there was a lot of hype surrounding that. If you remember, it yeah. was like delayed and then there were stills of DiCaprio on set like two years or something, not two years, but like at least a year before it was released. They, there was so much hype about that. Right. And like Scorsese had the right to, he had been trying to get the movie made for like 15 or 20 years or something like that. So when it finally hit, it was like, this is going to be like perfect. And I mean, to me, it's perfect. Yeah. But don't you ever come in here empty handed again. Yeah. You have to pay <laughs> for the pleasure of my company. That's a wound. <laughs> that's a wound you try uh no. it's such a good movie is he is he drunk oh, so sir? good no madam he's as dead as good friday <laughs> you'll settle with me before settling with the butcher boys uh it's just that's a great movie though hilarious unintentionally the hell are you talking about no you you, you are going to go down there not any of your minions <laughs> My loyalty what a great to performance, Lord. man. The Daniel Day. Oh, yeah. He he, he won the best uh, actor for that, right? I don't remember. I think he, he was nominated. I don't know if he won. I don't think he did. I think he won for uh, the one he did after that. Uh, there and will Link. be blood. Yeah. And Link. Yeah. yeah. The milkshake movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Gangs uh, in New York, though. Uh, the montage at the end before they fight at the five points and they show the different areas of the city and the riots, I still think is like one of the best things in film ever just to show the period. Cause those were real sets. Scorsese was not using CGI for the sets. Um, yeah. So it, it's just that that's a great, great like montage right there. Um, I thought. Yeah. Great. Uh, and you look back and it's, you know, I think some films need to kind of, set to allow people to see its greatness or in some cases yeah. to see its flaws. Yep. You got to um, respect it and let it, let it stew a little bit. Right. And I think when you look back at gangs in New York, it's still, it's still very um, fulfilling. Yeah. I actually appreciate it more. I think over time when it came out, I think I was, uh, no, I was like 21, 22. I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's like violent, great acting and all this. But as you watch it more, you pick up on stuff and the times and a lot of the tribal stuff with like the Asian people, the, the Chinese folks in there and the yeah. Irish and the immigration. Like there's a lot of layers. Boss Tweed. Like I didn't know much about him when I saw it. Like it's, it's a cool historical kind of aspect. Yeah. And now that you're, you're pushing 40 or you're in your 40s or whatever. And you're, yeah. You look and you're like, man. Like they actually like went through this before it's cool. And now you watch and you're like, man, this, these people went through this. Yeah. And I'm complaining about, you know, my daily life. Like they woke up, they ate rabbits, they beat each other up and they went to bed. 
yeah, I'm complaining about moving my car or something. And then it's just like, oh yeah, they, no, they actually went through this. This is, this is worse. I think, I think it's okay. Everything's fine. Uh, I do like that. I, Cause I Googled around on gangs in New York and you know, it's all based on true stuff or characters of true things in the five. Right. Talk about like a, a lawless kind of like scenario in New York, like in some of these places in the 1860s, it was like a free for all because the war was going on. You know, there was, they were occupied with other things. Yeah. Uh, and the corruption was just, it's amazing. I think Scorsese blended that in. Well, I mean, especially yeah. towards the end of the battle, you know, when, I mean, we're not giving away anything that's been 20 years now. Right. Um, if you haven't seen it. Shame on you. Right your loss um when at the end towards the end of the battle when the soldiers just start coming in and really like wrecking shit up like it kind of put in perspective that national issues were always going to take precedence over smaller issues so you know they had their little gang fight with well, their little gang fight was getting in the way of you know the civil war that was now coming off the shore or whatever into into right. new york um, yeah. and then obviously you know with the passing uh how how the movie ends and all it's just movies don't flow like that anymore no no like, it's very isolated or they fixate on one thing you know what i mean right because gangs of new york is ambitious it's an ambitious movie um they covered a lot in that yeah you know, a lot of ground. I mean, it's no Alexander with Colin Farrell, but it's a good movie. <laughs> Alexander, what was the one with Brad Pitt? Troy. Troy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Bl- surf- surfing Brad Pitt. He was like a yeah. little sur- Achilles. He was like surfing. Achilles, yeah. You don't think yeah, you know, they don't make movies like that anymore. Um, or at least they're few and far between. They Sometimes they make war epics like 1917 or Dunkirk, but those movies like Troy and uh, Alexander, these like two and a half hour, three hour epics with extras on history, like Braveheart and stuff. They don't, right. I guess there's not a market for it or something, but it's just, you don't see too many of those anymore. Right. Which is funny, which they also did better 50 years ago. Right. You know, with films like, you know, Lawrence of Arabia. And, oh, yeah. You know, Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, Ben Hur, all these movies that had like intermissions and shit. It's like, yeah, man, and like you don't mind the runtime, especially now you can just fast forward through the ten minute intermission. But you don't right. mind the runtime because the movie's so entertaining. Yeah, I, I I was talking to somebody recently about that. It's like I think they did it better back then. A lot of those period pieces, you know, those epics, because they there's just more you know practical effects. There was better acting they like put more time into it so it didn't right. feel like a three-hour movie it felt like you know it blew by which is like Lawrence Arabia by. I think it's like four hours long it doesn't feel that way at least not to me right you know yeah, it's so well shot like oh like yeah the camera work in that movie is just ridiculous it is great how often do you visit old movies like uh Lawrence of Arabia stuff like that like those time commitments do you do you fire them up a lot Lawrence of Arabia, I'm not that into. Um, yeah. I, I like it, and I definitely appreciate it for what it is. 
Um, but I generally go back to some others, you know. Yeah. Um, Casablanca. Oh, the best. Uh, um, actually, Gone with the Wind, uh, which I yep. I wasn't that big on early on, but as I hit my twenties and thirties, I kind of appreciated it more. Yeah. Um, Sound of Music. You ever hit Sound of Music? My my seven year old actually was like obsessed with Sound of Music for a while. Oh, really? I like Sound of Music. It's great. Um, but my my favorite um, cinema musical actually is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, I don't think I'm familiar with it. No. Oh, it's 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 good. If you I ever get it. if you ever get a chance, Turner Classic Movie runs it often. Really? Um, especially they'll they'll put on like their 31 Days of Oscar. Um, there's a lot of dancing and some nice yeah. songs, and the basic premise is. Um, guy comes off his farm, goes into town to find a wife, finds a wife, and then tries to find like his six brothers now try to find wives. Um, <laughs> and uh, it goes from there. It, nice. It's fun though, it's a musical, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll have to watch that. I don't think I've ever seen it to be honest with you. You know, if you, if you see it, let me know because uh. It's it's been like it's one of those movies that like me and my cousins and my my parents so we've we've all been watching it since I was young. Yeah. Um, oh, those are the best kind. Yeah. So my wife and I do that. We watch there's movies we we watch when we first started dating, like you can't take it with you, or you know what happened to uh, Baby yeah. Jane, things like that. That we'll watch every year because it's like our tradition now, and like I th- it's the best to have that kind of thing, you know. Oh yeah. Those, especially the, the the screwballs. I think I mentioned that early in the show. Um, the screwball comedies are like my favorite. They're great. You know, they're just uh, it's real humor. There's like adult humor peppered in there sometimes, subtle. Uh, it's fun. Like they get away with stuff. It's it's right. It's a great genre for for the for the art. I think for the which times. Is, yeah, which see they they when they try to do those movies now they just try to. Melissa McCartney it up, right? Yeah, where, where you know the 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 star, and in, in, in her case, it's it's her and whoever, and she'll just do some things that she's known for doing, and right, it won't be funny because you started cringing at it four films ago, and it's yeah. still going on, and they don't have a healthy balance between the two, you know, you like they don't have they, a healthy balance. It's either like good, clean, fun put it on Hallmark or Disney plus, or it's gotta be like raunchy and like gross and language. Like there, there will never be another movie like planes, trains, and automobiles where it's a lighthearted comedy, but there's scenes where they use the F word and he's smoking a cigarette. But at the end, it's like, he's with the family. Like they did it all in that movie, you know, right. that's why it's like a perfect movie. They don't, they don't take those risks anymore because one person will get offended or not even that they just, they keep it one way or the other. You, they don't have those anymore. I use smoking a lot too, because even in old Disney movies, you know, you have like a character smoking or they just don't do that stuff anymore. But I feel yeah, like that thing adds to it. I actually heard someone say that about, I think it was Ghostbusters. They said, no, they'll never remake that, you know, all the smoking. And it's like, man, I never thought it was, you know, that, that whatever. But I mean, I guess it was. I yeah. mean, I guess looked at that way now. 
I, I think so. They don't make them like planes. Planes, trains is, as you know, my my Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving, I watch planes, trains, and I kick off my Christmas season. Oh hell yeah, that's a great that's tradition. Life. So those are my my two my Classics. two Thanksgiving films, and then I I end the Christmas season on Christmas Eve with It's a Wonderful Life, which is usually run on the NBC. Oh, um, perfect. Yeah, so it's good to to cap it off with It's a Wonderful Life. You know, yeah, Jimmy Stewart, man, he just well, God, what a treasure. He is a treasure, man. He's a national right? treasure. I mean, from beginning to end, just like what a great actor. You know, it was on the other night. Um, I don't know if you ever seen this or if you're a Hitchcock guy. Did you ever see Rope? Uh, I am a Hitchcock guy. I don't think I've seen it, though. Give Rope a, a shot if you get a chance. It's uh, He is like a college professor, and he has a dinner with two of the students. And the, the two students earlier in the night strangled another one of their students. And, like, just for, like, fun, like, left him in the apartment. And like partied around them. Oh shit! And and as the night goes on, Jimmy Stewart starts feeling like things are. Everyone's talking about how the guy is not there, and yeah. things, and he kind of starts, you know, piecing things together. Um, it's a real quick hitter. I don't even think it's like 90, 95 minutes long. Um, oh wow! And it's it's a it's one of Hitchcock's good, really uh really good films. Rope. Let's check it out. That's King Ting's recommendation this week. King Ting's recommendation. <laughs> That's it. Rope. You've heard it here. Um, I think that'll be all the time we have for today, man. I know it's getting late there. Unless you you had anything else you wanted to talk about, I've taken enough. Yeah, no, time. I'm good, man. This has been fun. It's been good times. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for coming on today. Anytime, man. It's all, always good to see you. Always good to see you too. Uh, let's do this again sometime if 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 you're game. I'm always uh, game, dude. I never hear from Ting again. He's like, yeah, no, I get blocked. Yeah. Also. It was when Matt started talking about rope that he'd never seen it. When it was yeah. It was he made bad. me sit there for all those minutes talking about film. I'm never going, I'm never speaking to that guy again. It's never happening. 